Um, they're comedians, so it could be fun. Um, I haven't gone to look at that, but it's uh, another video. Gotta figure out how to D&D thing. Here, I'm going to pull up. I have to figure out how to do this. Um, are the critical uh, hit one? Are, are they on iTunes? Uh, you can find them on iTunes. They're under. Well, I have a program. I don't have iTunes on my phone. I have something that like will access their podcast system. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So it's a little bit strange. The, the yeah, I don't. You, you'd be uh, almost better off uh, with the the YouTube one. Hang on, I'm pulling it up right now. Can I just go somewhere and download them, like from a list? Yes. Just, like on the computer. Yes. Do okay. I remember I how to do that? that I'd have to scroll back through my conversation with Bob because he gave it <laughs> to me. If you have like somewhere that has a link to that. Or where you read them from, watch them from. Right. I'm just going to actually... It's... Oh, I know. It's PAX D&D. Oh, oh yeah. I watched the later ones for the uh, PAX. I watched the rest of the, uh, the D&D games. So you watch the ones with Chris yeah. Perkins and all of them? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, they're, they're fun. I'm yeah. looking forward to, like, the next one from this year. They have another one. Yeah, I know. It actually has PAX 2013 on here. Let's see what we get if we hit that. Has that happened yet? I thought only PAX East had happened. I didn't yeah, think it happened yet. It, it hasn't happened. It's in, uh, here, Penny Arcade. Oh, PAX East has happened. Yeah, PAX Prime hasn't happened yet. But, yeah, yeah we haven't had ours. I checked. I checked for that, because I saw the last one. I was like, oh, is there a 2013 one? Nope, nope, it's not. Jerry and Tycho's rap battle during the Q&A. Oh, I bet that one's <laughs> fun. I need to get out of this area. I will be sucked in, and yeah. it will be very, get very out. bad. I'm really glad we linked everyone to, like, scripture, though, because that was really fun to watch. And I was really yeah, glad was. that. Although the po- none, of the com- none of the comics have actually gone up yet, so that mm-hmm. Soon. <laughs> Soon. A-, a friend of mine who was at Leaky, but uh, we never did find her, I, I guess I should say an acquaintance, a- someone I've podcasted with, has been to all of the packs D&D, oh. live. And she oh. says it's amazing. Wow. Like she lives nice. in Seattle. Well, yeah, so. that would be insane. Yeah. I'm just like, I wish I was not here. Like, I was actually really excited. So, like, Legion is in Boston. I could totally take a train there from Toronto. And then it was in wherever the other one, wherever it was this year. It was the other side of the U.S. And I was like, yeah, was no! Portland. I can't afford that. It'll be back at uh, Florida next year. Oh, Florida is not closer. Florida's no. even further away. No. Well, <laughs> it's closer I thought, than I thought Portland. it was Boston for some reason. Boston was a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, I yeah, think yeah. the very first one was in Boston as well. Um, that's For some reason, they're not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're actually going to be in London as well in just a few days. Uh, London, yeah. England? Not yes. London, Ontario, unfortunately. That would be really close to you. Yeah, that would be super close. It's like an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun. Are you still in Canada, Scott? Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He's back. He was with me for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I know. Which was fun. I can't remember if you're like Alberta or something. Yeah, I'm northern Alberta. Um, when I was first on the podcast, I was in Saskatchewan for several years, but I have since moved yeah. to Alberta. Which is sad, because we like to say Saskatchewan, it's just so much fun. It is! Saskatchewan is a Although you cannot spell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fun. There's a whole joke about that. The, um, people who get off the plane, and they're I think they're going from... Um, probably somewhere to Alaska or something like that, and they have to sit down early because of something. And uh, the guy says to his buddy, 
well, I'm going to go find out where we are. And he goes out and asks somebody in the airport, and they say, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And he goes back in and says, so, where are we? Uh, I don't know. They don't even speak English here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Very good. My mom went for a walk yesterday with the dog. And I went out to the garden to pick raspberries and blueberries because we're not getting a very good berry crop this year, and I want to get as many of them as I can. And here comes my mom, and here comes my dog, and she says, guess who I brought home? And I'm like, what? And she says, it's Misty Pearl. Now, Misty Pearl is my dog from several, many years ago, who passed away four or five years ago. And doggone if a yellow lab that just looked exactly like my Misty Pearl hadn't followed Mom and Misty, or Bonnie, home yesterday. So we had two dogs for a while. And Bonnie was like, ooh, goody, a friend. But this dog was like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. (laughs) And come to find out that she was in heat. Now, why she latched onto my girl dog, I don't know. But she was enthralled with Bonnie. Hmm. uh, So Mom came home with them and locked them in our house and then went driving around until she could find her owners. And after not too much trouble, was able to find the owners and we got her back home where she belongs. But... I posted some pictures, and she does. She looks just like my Misty Pearl did. It was so weird having her here for a couple of days, or for a day, mm-hmm. a couple of hours. It's like having my girl back. Yeah, well, I'm glad you managed to find her people in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would have been way too much trouble. She was like, she couldn't sit still. She was just like, ah, <gasps> all over the place and crazy. And Bonnie was like, please leave me alone. I just went to lay down. I've been... I've been for a walk, and I had my pond swim, and now it's time for a nap, and you are in my face. Like, let's play, let's play, let's play! And was like, no, please. She even tried to go in the house and get away from me. There's some dogs that live in part above mine, and my cat's always like, uh, not happy about this. I was amazed, because my Alex, who's afraid of everything, won't even come in the house when mm-hmm. Scott's here, laid on the no, chair I'm and just looked at her. Scary. You are, you're terrifying. And didn't even move. So he must have known she wasn't a threat, but I was really surprised. And she looked at him a couple of times, but didn't, you know, he didn't, she didn't go after him and he wasn't afraid of her. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I've had my full bottle of mics. So I should be flying high and hard now. <laughs> I was going to get close oh, and then I forgot. It's like 9 o'clock here. Well, actually, 9.30 now. I went out to get just Vita water, but the Vita water disappeared, so the mics was closed. Actually, I'm, I'm going to grab some water. Hang on. Probably a good idea. I've had um, an orange and two-thirds of a chocolate frog, which are absolutely wonderful for um, the voice and podcasting and all of that. Mm. Yeah, well, you sound better than you did the last time I talked to you. Yeah, well, that's good. I've been coughing less today. Um, maybe one morning, so... I started to get the runny nose and stuff a couple of days ago, but so far, knock on wood, I've uh, managed to not get it too bad. Maybe I should get some water, too, just in case. In case you start... I could send you some uh, on my cough drops, but I don't think they'd quite reach you. Mm. No, it doesn't really work very well. We haven't worked out the, you know, sending typical objects through the podcast yet. No, we need to do that, because generally wants some of my berries... <laughs> she sent me a message and said, I'll pay you for shipping. And I said, well, if I thought they'd make it without being mush and mold, I'd send them. But I have a feeling they'd be mush and mold. I'm sorry, Rachel, we heard yeah. you come in, but we didn't hear what you said. I said, sorry about when I left. I was still, I clipped my mic onto my shirt and I forgot it was still attached. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. Attached. Yes, that happened. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I've got um, 
water now, and also my cat comes in and needs to be somewhere Are we recording now, or are we starting a little bit slow? No, we're recording, but I think Scott's going to run and get some water. All right. In case he starts, in case he starts coughing, because we made him sick while he was here. Oh. Yeah. Dang, Lee Flu. <laughs> yeah, conventions are pretty notorious for, like, horrible amounts of disease passing yeah. on. kind of happens when there's that many people. Yeah, I got a count. I, I tracked somebody down that kind of knows these things, and she said, wait, there were about 3,500 um, full passes sold, and they don't have a count on the day passes. So probably oh. close to 3,600 people. Okay. So Yeah. Just a few That's of us. a lot. Yeah. Well, and the fun part, we talk about this in the Leaky podcast that's going to come out, but um, there were other conventions going on at the same time. So there was a hearing aid convention going on, and, you know, all of these people, they're signing and stuff, and they're, they're talking to each other, and, and they're looking at us, and, you know, us being everybody dressed in robes and scarves and all of that stuff. And, and one of them sitting near <laughs> us Googled, LeakyCon, and went, oh, you're Harry Potter people. Now it makes sense to me. So because you were next to who? They were, a other hear- they were a hearing aid convention. Oh. And a Facebook <laughs> convention Harry Potter people. were both going on in the same building. Goodness, yeah. that would be mm-hmm. interesting. And a couple of graduations showed up at one point, I think, and yep. <laughs> various things like that. Yeah. So, interesting mix of people. But yeah, Google is your friend. It is. It is. Random people wearing strange clothes. <laughs> At least there is no old men wearing, you know, ladies' um, dressing gowns, like at the, mm-hmm. you know, Quidditch World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one was dressed up as Archibald. Although there was a fellow who dressed up as Umbridge, so you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> he came out, everybody cheered for him. He was great. And uh, oh. and it was Umbridge from the Harry Potter musical. I suspected uh, when yeah. you said he So it fits a little better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can either kiss the Dementors, or you can kiss Umbre. And at the ball, there was a, a guy dressed in a blouse and skirt, different colored knee-high socks. So, he could have been Archibald, oh, well. I suppose. Well, mm-hmm. Now I've got, I thought you were a man from the Potter sequel thing. Mm-hmm. Stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah, that was fun <laughs> to watch live. Oh, did they do it again? They didn't. Or did you, they didn't. They didn't do the shows, but they sang the all shows, the songs they in order. All the songs. Or most of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And, and Dylan's one of my favorites. I just like him a lot. So Dumbledore. Oh, okay. He's Dumbledore. Oh, okay. yeah. And so when they mm-hmm. did that one, that one made me really happy because I like that a lot. And they all sort of traded off doing the Harry part because Darren wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, in the very first song they did, um, going back to Hogwarts, they actually traded off within the song in the singing part. Oh, and then most of the rest of the time, they um, picked one person to be Harry for that song and then went on. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually not all of Of that musical, like with him sitting on the trunk and stuff, still kind of gives me chills when I go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. I so tried to fun. show it to Sue's brother when uh, he was there, but it didn't have the same impact. <laughs> no, he doesn't have the attention span. 
I suspect he might like the Batman one. Yeah, could be fun. Which the my nephew. Oh, okay. He's twelve. You know, it's yeah it's not the same. Mm-hmm. He might like the um, Spider-Man one too. I mentioned that to him. That's not a Star Kid thing. Somebody else who did that. They put together a. It was a group of people in New York when they were having that whole big giant Spider-Man musical that was having all the problems and there were, um, you know, technical difficulties and they kept having to push it back and all this stuff. They decided to prove that you could make a good Spider-Man musical without the giant budget and um, opened it the day before the other one was supposed to open so they could say they were the first Spider-Man musical to open in New York. Oh, wow. that's very good. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, the, the spider was radioactive because it was in the lunchroom and there was a really, really old microwave and it's just, yeah. <laughs> oh, you gotta watch out for those, those microwaves. <laughs> yeah. Who was it that we found out? Oh, Seamus, the actor that plays Seamus, uh, said he, Devin Murray. He, Devin Murray keeps blowing up microwaves. He's on his third mm-hmm. one, third or fourth one. On he, purpose or just no, bad he's, at microwaving? He's things? very mad at microwaving things. He said, I put my dinner in the microwave, and I said, okay, it's going to cook. I'm going to go up and take a shower. When I came back down, everything had exploded. There was smoke pouring out of the thing. <laughs> and that was a new one, I think. And, just yeah, he just one. got it like a week before. That's so awful. Apparently, he is not a good microwaver. And he's like, I didn't have tin foil or anything. I just had food in there. No so Who knows what he stuck in there with it. He oh, goodness. put a potato in without poking it or something. I don't know. But, yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that was a good one to go to. It was. We did some good things. Mm-hmm. We did, we did. Anyway, so, I suppose we should actually start. podcast about some things. We're supposed yeah. to podcast about. Yeah, since Rachel's. Yeah, I'm going to fall asleep otherwise. That's right. As long as you no, don't I've snore, you're good. Oh my god. Somebody fell asleep. I can hear somebody <laughs> snoring. <laughs> I wondered what that noise was, actually. <laughs> Aaron, are you there? Somebody make a note. <laughs> Is Aaron really asleep? We bore him down. He's snoring. Yeah, Harry, come on, man. Thought I could amuse. Hello? Are you back? Hey, guys. Got to sleep for a little bit. I think you join us. <laughs> No, I mean, party, we would have dumped your fingers in warm water by now. I, I made the I made the newbie mistake of of sitting too comfortably in my chair at my desk and putting my feet up. Yeah, my face is red right now. So well, we didn't notice it until you started snoring. I mean, the, 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 it was unmistakable. Oh so, yeah, there's a blatant call to uh, end the podcast. <laughs> If you snore on the podcast, then it comes back to haunt you forever and ever. Amen. But. Oh, and I snore, so it would be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't want that. We don't want that. No, we don't want that. Fanfic. The Final Frontier. These are the ramblings of the PFW peons. Their continuing mission to explore strange new stories. To seek out new authors and unending tangents. 
to boldly review where no one has done before. Potterfic Weekly, the first in a family of podcasts. I am Sue. I'm Scott. And I'm Rachel. And today we are starting with Chapter 4 of Soul Bond. And why can I never remember who's... Uh, Sarius? Hard to pronounce. Sarius Journal. So we're assuming that that's who this is. Saria is the author. And this is a Harry Potter Star Trek crossover reboot thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New Star Trek. It's crossover with the 2009 of Star Trek, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I uh, left a comment on her live journal, I believe, this morning saying, hi, I'm Sue, and we are recording this. If you want to know what we do, go to Potterfic Weekly and listen to us. <laughs> if and not, be very, very scared. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Oh. Uh, yeah. And... So, in our first podcast on these, we have had a prologue in which Hermione and Spock became acquainted as very young children, thanks to the machinations of a cue or two. Mm-hmm. And um, about the time the respective series or flashbacks from the movie, things would have started, they had to cut off contact because Spock decided, um, you know, they were growing up and he needed to concentrate on being Vulcan to try and get into the Science Academy and various other things. And so Hermione went off to Hogwarts without having a connection to Spock during the events of the book and had this inner child, remember, and then one when the who showed up again later, not apparently a cue that we know, or, or at least if it is the cue from the series, he was taking a different form because he showed up as an oriental model. Um, but he showed up with this offer for her to be transported to Spock's time in order to try and prevent the destruction of Vulcan, um, because she would possibly be able to do that. And she said, yes, if I can bring some people along. And uh, she said, well, you can bring whatever you can happen to carry. I'm not going to make you a bunch of stuff. But... So she made use of her handy uh, Mary Poppins bag and various other things. And Harry and Luna came along with her because the three of them decided there really wasn't much for them in the Wizarding World. Um, I think they're probably in their early mid-20s by now. They've been yes. been past the end of um for a little bit, except the epilogue doesn't happen to this. Um, and as we ended off chapter, they have arrived on Vulcan, and that's where we picked the chapter four. Yep, and we have Luna, who's lazing around in Amanda's rose garden, and all of a sudden a voice says, you seem very happy, and she rolls over to see Amanda, and Luna says, well, I am. I have my friends and an interesting puzzle, and it's even more hunt more fun than hunting Crumplehorn Snorkax, to which Amanda blinks, because she has no idea what Luna is talking about. Uh, and she is not alone. <laughs> Many other people have experienced this feeling. Mm-hmm. And so she asks her about, you know, does she feel the heavier gravity and the higher temperatures? And Luna says, yeah, we did it first, but the magic compensates and, and adjusts. And Amanda's like, what do you mean? And so 
Luna explains that the magic has is protecting them, and so they don't need the triox, which apparently is a drug that helps Amanda's system com- compete or uh, not compete, Help. kind of adjust. adjust to the heavier uh, gravity and the heat. And Amanda's just like, "What do you mean you don't need the triox?" And she says, "No, nope, don't need it. We're good." And what about the heat? Oh, not too much. I still get thirsty, but other than that, it's okay. And she's like, uh, I've lived on Vulcan for decades, and I haven't adjusted very well. <laughs> and then it's like, well, we're magic. Mm-hmm. So. And it amuses me. How it does. And then we, we move on to Scott. Or to Scott. There we go. I've had my mics. Uh, we move on to Harry, who is snacking because... Uh, the Vulcan food is made just good enough to meet the minimum needs, and humans need a little bit more than that. Yeah, and they don't need very much of their meals. So yeah, Amanda, being human, has snacks all the time. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, and uh, he's you know he wants to know if if the cook will share this recipe, and Amanda says, "Well, since I created it, I'd be happy to share it with you." So yeah, which is we see that in various fics. Depends on what the author wants to focus on it. Whether um, Harry's a good cook because he's been forced to cook all the time, or whether he really can't cook anything except eggs and bacon. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of um, whichever way he decides to take it. But this Harry is apparently interested at least, yes. and it gives him something to do because Hermione and Luna are off doing smart things with the Vulcan Science Academy, and he's just. Yeah, he he says, "Well, I'm not very smart. You you may not know this about me, but you know, I'm not very smart. So I'm just gonna hang out here until they need, you know, muscle, basically." Yeah. And, and she says, "Well, yeah. why did you come?" And he says, "Well, because I love Hermione." And I Sarah, love they just kind of yeah, go like, "Wait, what? What? Sarah no!" And Spock are just like, "Oh, wait a minute." And Spock is like, "I'm going to kill him now." <laughs> Uh, you know, has to struggle with this green-eyed jealousy emotion that he's never, ever had before. Mm-hmm. So. So Harry has to explain that he feels like she's his sister, and she's the only one who ever stood by him all the time, and he trusts her completely, and when she needed help, he helped. Yeah, she was there. And they figure once, um, if there aren't any uh, needs for him, otherwise head off and go to one of the or something like that, because it's more um, in path, so they wouldn't have to worry about being by all the scientists and things, and probably more comfortable for them, too, because they're not used to being in the 24th or 25th century or whatever the case. Yeah, so they're, when they get done, they're with helping, they're planning on leaving because they don't want to have to answer to Starfleet and Earth, because nobody really knows what they are. Yeah, they don't have any background. Pretty much everybody's got records of everything, so it's really suspicious when you don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just sort of show up. They popped up yeah. in the middle of London one day and took the train over to um, San Francisco or wherever the Vulcan Embassy was. That's the first record anybody has of them, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry says, well, we're going to go to an agri-world because we can, you know, 
help out there. Luna's already discovered or developed a fertilizer that's, you know, made with just the ingredients, the local ingredients. But if it's brewed by a witch or wizard, it's 25 times harder, you know, more effective kind of a thing. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can use like, just a few milliliters to treat acres of um, space. And, yeah. yeah. Pretty potent. It's potent stuff. And you can make it in barrels really easily. <laughs> Man, it's just flabbergasted. Like, how can you know this? Well, you know, Luna says so, and and I trust her. She never lies. She's odd, but she never lies. <laughs> and they're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And Amanda sort of, um, partly because they like Hermione, I think she's sort of wondering, uh, is she going to be happy if you go off and live on a farm somewhere because she won't have the intellectual stimulation and challenges and such that uh, she would have somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry says, yeah, well, that's true, but we do kind of have to stay beneath the radar as much as we can. And then he heads off and leaves the family to sort of discuss things. Right. And Sark says, basically, he's right. If he, if they leave Vulcan, then eventually they're going to have to. They're going to get, uh, Starfleet and the Federation in general are going to want to know what's going on with them. And, uh, they're trying to figure out what can we do about that. And Amanda suggests, well, we could give them Vulcan citizenship and then they wouldn't have to leave. But the problem with that is you have to be either a Vulcan or adopted by a Vulcan clan to do that. So. Yeah, she wants to know if they can, uh, you know, give them citizenship, Vulcan citizenship, not so much. So she says, well, what about adopting them? Can we just adopt them? I'd love to have Hermione as a daughter. And Spock's like, uh, no. <laughs> he doesn't actually say it, but he just thinks it and he gets real stiff because he wouldn't yeah. be able to, uh, I'm going to say Mary because I don't quite know the word for Vulcans, uh, his sister. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but, um. Fortunately, they're interrupted by someone else. Their family matriarch comes in. And whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hmm? So what did you just do? This? Yeah. That's my mute button. That's very good. Going on and off. Like, so, when this right here? Yeah, that's good. Stay like that. No, don't go to that one. Okay, I'm going to turn off my fan. One second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right. I didn't hear anything until the first time. But. Sorry, are so, you going to melt? No, no, no. I just had it on because I always have it on. Um, my room's a little bit sunny, but it's fine right now. It's nice and cold nighttime. I've been having it on mute half the time and then, like, turning it out when I'm talking or forgetting that it's on mute and talking anyway. Mm, yes, that's um, exciting. <laughs> but, yeah, now it's off, so it should be fine. Okay. Yeah, I didn't turn mine on, even though it's warm in here. It's down to a nice 80, Scott. You'd be okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's about what it got up to today. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. probably it was like 85 or 86, something like that. But mm-hmm. It was 28 anyway. Well, see, we just prepared you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was weird because yesterday we had, you know, it was cloudy and gray and there was rainstorm stuff going on. And then today it's sunny and 28 degrees. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. It's, it's summer. What can I say? It's summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but anyhow, Paul, Paul, do we know how to say this? I don't know how you pronounce that. I don't that. know. I had no idea who she was. 
She's, uh, she's I've in heard the name. apparently the original series a couple times and Enterprise as a younger woman, but um, I have not seen any of the episodes concerning her. I just looked her up on their, the Star Trek wiki. So she, she appeared to I, be the grandma. Yes. Yeah. Basically, she's the clan matriarch. She's Sarek's mom, mm-hmm. or right. something like that. Yeah. yeah, I think she might actually be Sarek's friend, grandmother. Mother. Yeah, she might be. Oh, After so she really is the matriarch. Mm-hmm. So, but anyhow, she says that she's been feeling people out trying to see if somebody else will adopt them because if they can get them adopted, then they can protect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wouldn't really work. Um, I guess they don't have the political capital or just the way that the rituals go or something for them, for the one clan to adopt all three of them. Right. So she's trying to get three different matriarchs to support the idea so they can all be adopted into different Vulcan clans. And uh, this way Hermione would not be Spock's sister and uh, she would <laughs> have free reign that way. Yes, because she wants Hermione for Spock. Yeah, mm-hmm. Amanda's Spock like Hermione for Spock. Hermione's like, really, Spock? Really? And Spock's like, um, yes. I'd be okay with that. Yep. <laughs> I'd be all right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. well, it, it takes him a little bit actually. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't really want to talk about it. No. It's not the sort of thing he would generally bring up. But um, he eventually admits that they do have this bond. And um, yeah, they would. There's that weird word that I cannot pronounce. Philia, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Thyla, uh, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, except I think there are, like, glottal stops in it because of the apostrophes. And, mm, yeah. yeah. The text reader did an okay job on it, but I can't remember now what it said. So. Yeah. But it's that word from the prologue that Spock refused to translate for Hermione. Yeah. That yeah. basically means soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Yeah. That's it. So, um, and it does say nodded at her grandson's bondmate. So, yeah, I, I believe that Sarek is her grandson. Oh, yeah. it's a... T-Pow did not wait for her great-grandson to answer, so... Yeah. Yeah, there we go. That's there we go. Generational thing. We don't know what happened to the generation in between in that case, but... No. I don't know. No. I'm sure the Star Trek... Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be so many of them being, like, just screaming at the podcast. Well, maybe not screaming. Uh, yeah, Ryan like, is going to be screaming at why? the podcast, going, uh, how can <laughs> that you is know true. words? Obviously, it's so-and-so. You should know this. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no. Alex, I can't what? see the computer if you're sitting on face. <laughs> Alex has joined us. Hi, Alex. He is filthy and has come to make my bed filthy. Thank you. Oh. My cat just left, actually. Mom was cutting rhododendrons yesterday. You should see the yard, Scott. It's amazing what she's done in the last week. Um, So she came in and said, can you come hold the ladder for me? And I said, sure. And so I went out. I put my hat on, which was really smart of me, because then she dropped branches on my head for the next half an hour and thought that was the funniest thing in the world, watching them hit me in the head. But I had tree pieces down all of my clothes last night when I finally went to bed. It was just like, oh, I thought I was covered. I thought the hat protected me, but apparently not. Mm. It's amazing how little pieces of tree can wind their way down inside of different articles oh. of clothing. <laughs> you only knew you yeah. could have gone as the Walking Willow or something. I know. <laughs> but anyhow, I'm sorry. I sidetracked this again. No, okay. Not me. I would never do a thing like that. 
I actually have notes, but they're for the first couple chapters, not for the three. Well, we tried. Yeah. They invite Tapau for the evening meal so they can she can hang out with Hermione and Luna and discreetly interrogate them on their views of adoption and marriage. Mm-hmm. So. And the reason Spock is being a little bit, um, holding back a little bit on this is because he doesn't, he's not sure if, um, Hermione would actually want it. He says, you know, she's just here to help. He doesn't, she would have come and helped anybody. She might not be, uh, want to be friends with me anymore after we haven't seen each other for 14 years or whatever it was. Right. And, uh, Tapao points out that she didn't have to come contact Vulcan through Spock. She could have just, uh, come to them and said, you know, I have this information about things that are going to happen or whatever and come a different way. And, uh, so he has that to think about. He does. He gives him a little hope. And then we shift scenes to Luna, who is, um, Tapa is going to talk to her, her, um, I guess before this meal that they were going to have. And she's busy building something out of crystal. She is. And she, she's not really rude, but she's like, okay, um, I can talk to you in a minute, but I can't talk to you right now, so just wait there and be quiet. And although, uh, Tapa is, you know, one of the very strongest women in, in this clan, in this area, and is used to having lots of respect, she knows how to follow directions as well, which is good, because she mm-hmm. could just have gone off on the I don't think yeah, she well, well, Vulcans don't take offense at that sort of a thing. They are masters at quiet contemplation, which most humans would fidget. <laughs> Great. And she wants to know what it was that Luna was just doing, and Luna says she can't really explain. She just feels how things are going to go, how the power flows are working, and fixes them. But she doesn't really know what she's doing precisely. And she's, she's made a power source, apparently. Yeah, she's basically making batteries. Mm-hmm. And it's a, she's designed this battery that um, is constructed entirely by Vulcan means. She has this, um, this ability to feel what the um, power shifts are doing, so she's done better at it than somebody else might for putting it together, but there was no actual magic um, in making it. Right. So that um, Vulcans eventually will be able to um, duplicate these and, and use them themselves. That was a good thing. <laughs> you did whatever you do again. Okay. Um... Did you go on mute again? Yeah, I was I was closing the window because the cat was gonna get out. Ah. Um, I think that um, I'm on when I'm on mute. There's no noise whatsoever, and then I come back in, and there's like the hum of the computer. Yeah, well, it's it's just this really loud <laughs> sound. It's oh, that's probably just the button going back and forth. Yeah, I'll try to avoid that. Then it's like Trisha had the little ding sound when she went on and off mute. You have this <laughs> sound. I, I was listening to that episode today, actually. <laughs> Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, yes, I will use that button then if I have to go. Yeah, that'll probably work better. We're way off course. We jump to Hermione, who really wishes she could have a real water shower or a soak in a hot tub. But apparently on Vulcan, those things are not the way it's done. No, we yeah. missed the, the fire in Brimstone. Okay. Yes, we, we skipped I over went, their conversation far. about sight. Oh, that's um, right. What do you see? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tapau has noticed, um, can sort of tell that Luna is something of a seer. And, um, Luna wasn't expecting that because Vulcans generally are, you know, scientific and technically minded and they wouldn't be the, uh, 
telepath type, but um, this particular matriarch is also slight, a slight sphere anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it turns out, the, the Vulcans who have that sort of ability are the ones who go off into the monasteries or the, their equivalents. So, um, yeah, and they're all why we don't see them much. Everyone's seen Byron Brimstone. Yeah. And so Paul wants to know if she sees a path to safety, and Luna says yes, through blood. It's always through blood. Yeah. Which could be somewhat ominous, but since we've already heard them talking about um, adoptions and things. Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes sense, actually. mm -hmm. There's another possible interpretation. It's not the blood as in uh, battle and killing people, it's the mingling of their their plan. So right. that's a uh, adoption thing makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. first time. And Luna kind of really likes to Paul. She said she feels like she could be kind of a mother figure. Mm-hmm. It's, she hasn't had one for a while. Hermione was sort of her closest thing to a, an older sister. Mm-hmm. But now it's dinner time, and Luna's hungry. Yeah, she's like, you know, I just will go out better. And that's what doing, too, although as Sue said, she wished she could have had a water shower beforehand, I guess. Mm-hmm. In the Star Trek world, they have sonic showers, or the Vulcans do at least. And uh, so it's not quite consoling somehow. Yeah. And, and, you know, if she can't have a shower, then maybe at least Harry could come and give her a massage. Because his foot massages are pretty doggone good. And I, that's funny, thinking about Harry massaging somebody's feet. Yeah, it's I don't just, know. It's not something you generally picture. Yeah. Not really, no. Oh, well, maybe he's um, developed some skills after Hogwarts. Well, he had to mm-hmm. do something while he was running that is true. from Molly. Didn't he run didn't he, uh, with the Aurors, too? Yeah, he was running from them, too. Mm-hmm. He's kind of hidden Muggle Towns for ten mm-hmm. years or five years. Yeah, that's where he'd hide if he needed to be alone and not run into people that knew him. I did like the image of, like, it was just like Molly's just like, oh, my grandkids, and you're going to give me this. Oh, wait, you don't want to? Oh, that's that's okay. You're going to still do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to? Well, that's just too dang bad. You're what I but, want. But Jenny likes you, you know? Isn't that good enough? Nope, nope. We're going to go in Muggle Towns. Mm-hmm. She won't find mm-hmm. me in here. <laughs> now I'm imagining... Harry being a, a muggle masseuse for a while. <laughs> just, just having a massage parlor. There you go. Ra- random muggle-born wizard would wander in one day and be like, wait a second. <gasps> you are Harry a like Harry Potter. <laughs> no, no, you must have me mistaken of someone else. Yeah, Harry or, Potter doesn't give people foot massages. That's just, uh, that's, that's just wrong. That's gotta be someone else. You like to see it now. Uh, I get that all the time. Who is Harry Potter? That bloke, <laughs> man. I, I hear about him a lot, and I just don't know who he could be. I get annoying sometimes. Ah. I wish he'd, you know, make himself known so you people would stop thinking I'm him. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Now we're thoroughly off course. <laughs> Yeah. So they're into the dining room, and um, Hermione is doing the, the traditional uh, Vulcan greeting to, to Paul, because she knows all of those traditions and things, and the others who don't. Well, they weren't raised with Spock, so that makes sense. Oh. And Paul says that she's done well. And mm-hmm. Hermione says, I did my best, which was a statement of fact, not a boast or attempt to seek praise. So... And they're trying to come up with 
crystals or some other sort of thing. The crystals seem to be working the best at the moment mm-hmm. to contain magical power so that they can um, create sort of a, a grid to cast spells through with they only have the three um, witches and wizards. So. Yeah, actually, the plan, we're going to find out the plan in a little bit. The plan that they've come up with is really quite cool. Is that mm-hmm. a new chapter? It is. Okay. It is. It... Yes, I went through the whole thing last night because I couldn't stop at three, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I read I read the entire nine of them back, like, weeks ago. And then I'm like, wait, what happened again? <laughs> Yeah, well, I just loaded three chapters on the text reader, so while I was uh, shoveling alpaca poop this afternoon, I listened to the three, and then I was like, wait, there's more! Wait, it stopped! Dang! I know. I had them all set up to work, supposed to work today, to re-listen to them, and then I forgot my phone at home, and I was like, no, can't do it. That's not good. No, but I listened to some more uh, different podcasts and stuff. But I didn't get to re-read, so... Anyway, apparently this author has another um, uh, Harry Potter Star Trek crossover with a similar sort of thing, where um, (laughs) so you can you can read that one afterwards. There's five parts to it, and that one's a Hermione spot as well. And she has one that she's written elsewhere that's a Hermione Kirk apparently, but she hasn't posted it up on this journal yet. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I like the little interaction of Hermione and, and Kirk a little bit later on, too. <laughs> you can totally see that happening. I'm so frightened right now because Alex is, like, right here. And I made him mad because I was pulling burrs out of him. And he's just, he's got his claws extended and he's just waiting. And the tip of his tail is just, like, you know, doing that rattlesnake thing. So if I scream, it means he nailed me. And that I'm probably <laughs> bleeding. And he's, he's totally oh, got this wide-eyed stare going. He's just sort of in a trance. Alex, you're in my way. All right, we'll try this. So, at dinner, how has... They eat their dinner in silence. Yes. That's what they do. But then Spock is sort of thinking over everything that's gone on. If he's not sure um, what to do about this idea of him and Hermione being betrothed, because he really kind of likes to do that, but he doesn't know what she would think anymore, and everything's awkward. (laughs) And so, having finished the actual food, and they're starting with their tea, um, Topal starts the question about... um, what do wizards do about adoptions and things like that? Yeah. She wants to know how they alliance. formalize alliances, and then it goes into yeah. different all different things. So if it's just a short-term one, you can do it with magical contracts, but long-term is through marriage, or if that doesn't work, then it could be for fighting alongside each other in a battle. That's Harry's offering. And then Luna says it could be sealed by fostering or adoption. And Amanda mm-hmm. kind of perks up. She's like, ooh. Yeah. And is there something How different? exactly do wizards adopt children? Mm-hmm. Apparently there is three, uh, well, two most ways you can do it. You can do it fairly similar to muggle adoption. Just you, you gain guardianship of this person and take care of their physical and emotional needs during the time while they're under your care. Um, and you can, you're 
the withered out of essence, they don't inherit things from that family they're adopted into, but usually that family will set up a trust specifically for them or something like that. Right. And they keep their own family names so that the name can still go on even though they're adopted by someone else. And then the second type is a little bit more uh, involved, and that's the blood adoption that makes the person physically and magically resemble the family they're adopted into, which I have seen in other pics where um, Harry is not actually a potter. He's a, most often it's um, Lillian Snape's kid or something, mm-hmm. and he's adopted by the uh, potters, and that's why he looks so absolutely much like James Potter because of the spell ritual that they've done and stuff. Like that. Yeah. But anyway, there's a lot of those. They, yeah. Um, Secretly, um, had a kid Snape, and then and then James killed him. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I don't know where that really Probably came from. Happen, but the point is that you all, the, um, then the adopted child also gets some of the magical traits of the parents and things like that. So if your, um, your family is childless, but you have, um, some particular magical gifts that are usually passed down the line and things like that, you can adopt someone using this method and then they will, um, your traits will continue and you can have your name live on and all of that, so mm-hmm. you can see why wizards would uh, go for it. But um, yeah. there's a downside because the child has to be magically powerful enough to sustain the changes, and if they aren't, then they become a squib, which the wizards would mostly not go for. <laughs> yeah, and not it's very painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it especially that if done to later people. Go ahead, Rachel. Yeah. It says it's akin to being dipped in molten lava, then freezing water alternatively. The process that takes five to seven years is compressed into hours. So it's not so not so nice. No. Yeah, that's when they're talking about um, if you decide to adopt like a teenager or an adult. Yeah. Um, it's more painful, but there's also there's more chance of it succeeding because they have developed their magical power by then. But it's most teenagers slash adults would not want to go through with that. Right. Uh, yeah. But I found it interesting how they um, distinguish between, like, you can have someone who is not magical adopt a magical person, which is really important to the story, actually. But because it doesn't matter, the person the person invoking sort of the magic is the person that it's going to be performed on mm-hmm. because their own body is performing it, I guess. Um, so that was kind of cool that it depends yeah. on the person that's being adopted, not the person adopting. Yeah, and it wouldn't it wouldn't work for a magical family to adopt a muggle because the, yeah. the child doesn't have any magic to make the changes. So they could do it legally, but not this blood ritual idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, then we come to sort of the point of the discussion, and uh, Amanda tells them the reason why we're asking this is because we would like to arrange for the three of you to be adopted into Vulcan Clan. Uh, there are several matriarchs who would be interested in adopting any of the three of you, and we can have you meet various ones of them and see who would be compatible. Right. And um, in the story, we only meet the three uh, that they end up choosing. We don't get to see the ones that they don't go with. First, it's um, Luna meeting a matriarch and her daughter. So it would be uh, her mo- new mother and sister if she agrees. And right. she sort of looks at them and immediately knows that they're just unconventional enough to uh, fit with her, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just, they really kind of hit it off really, really well. 
So. And uh, Harry is going to be the one adopted by Spock's family. I think is how it works out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hermione gets to be adopted by another family. Yeah. And they get your names. Yeah. Luna has a minor vision while they, while she's talking to her family and says what their new names are going to be. Yeah. So it's Taloon, Tamia, and Harry becomes Hari. Which the text the text reader was great. And Harry will be called Harry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. So now that I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it really is different. So that, that makes more sense, because I thought that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of curious. I like, is, is it kind of like canon, uh, Star Trek, about that the women are in charge of the clans? Is it mentioned? It didn't seem to mention anything about, like, the men of the family. It was just kind of like... I think that that is canon. I, I never watched the old Star Trek, so I don't know that for sure. But I do think that they're a matriarchal society. Yeah, there's not too much of them in the next generation. No. To Pell, at least, um, when I looked her up on the Wikipedia thing, apparently is a, a very important figure in Vulcan culture generally. She's, she was uh, very influential about, about lots of things. So they have a, a couple of encounters with her when um, Spock goes back to Vulcan in episodes and kind of things like that, I guess. Again, I've never actually seen them, so I don't know what they did. Right. I watched, I think, a couple of the original series a little while ago, but I need to watch more of them to work and stuff. But, uh, I've done so we're more, being adopted. I've done more with listening. Somewhere I actually have uh, an audiobook of Sarek, but it's been years since I listened to it, so I don't, I don't quite know what it is. There's also one that's about Q, and uh, I used to listen to it at work while I was doing my editorial work, and it was so funny, because, you know, it's Q, and, and he just does all these off-the-wall things, and I would just <laughs> laugh and laugh, and people would come and find me while I was mopping and sweeping, and they're like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, Q, and they're like, I don't understand you. I'm just picturing you, like, walking around mopping back and forth, and going, <laughs> Oh, man, I was laughing so hard. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's called Q in Law. Q, it's called Q something, but it's really funny. So if you, if you can find it, give it a listen. Do it in the front. Do they actually have Q in Law? It might be Q in Law. Um, yes, I think he does oh, do it. Google says yes. That's fun. It's not one of the ones that are showing, and I'd have to really dig, because my yeah. audiobooks are too deep. Yeah, well, I've um, got Google for you if you want it. So, yeah, you already have. that's probably it. And along with coming up with their new names, um, while they're sort of discussing this, Luna, um, they talk about what she sees generally, and it's always hard to see what is going on with the future because it keeps changing. But at least now she sees other things than just the planet being destroyed. We've received a distress call from Vulcan. There is a possibility of of children in the future whispering their names. Who? Mm. Not dying. Yay! Yay. (laughs) And uh, Luna says uh, a phrase to uh, to Kai, who I believe might be adopted by, and um, this comes up in others of um, this person's fix as well, and. uh, I think other times when people are trying to explain things 
is only the beginning God. of wisdom. You're, you're cutting oh, out. You're yeah. cutting in and out. You want to hang up and I'll call you back and see if that works? You can try it. It might improve things. Hard right. to say. You're not uh-huh. off again? Oh, I love that your Skype message says you're at my house. <laughs> does it not? It does. I told you the plane Minecraft. So, okay. But that's... <laughs> hang up and I'll call you back. <laughs> Greetings. It is. Greetings. Alright, try it again. See what happens. Alright, well, talking about. Oh, yes. Um, there was a phrase in here that I've seen a couple of other places in this person's. Um, I think I may have seen somewhere else as well. Luna says to her respective matriarch, logic is only the beginning of wisdom and not the end. Right. Um, which is an interesting thing okay. to open. And, um, oh, this is, um, I thought there was somebody else I recognized. Luna's family, I think, has been made up for this, this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the group that Hermione's being into is the, uh, the Vulcan who was one of the people on Enterprise. So, okay. this is set, um, uh, three or two after that. But, um, uh, the fans of the shows will recognize the whole, apparently. Um, okay. And she's I the one who's. To um, adopt her mom. Again, I looked her up on the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> we, we Google things when we don't know what they are. Yeah, well, you know, that's what Google's for. It is, it is. Um, so. But yeah, that's, that's cool. I think I was talking to someone who does know more about Star Trek than I do, and they're like, yeah, you mean you mean Paul? And I was like, uh, no, I think I mean a different one. But no, they're in here. So. Yeah, Paul. And maybe that's the name that I recognize too, and to Pow is said differently. So yeah, that can yeah. Really well be. But, um, I think we definitely needed right, someone um, who knows more about Vulcans on this podcast. <laughs> should have got a Star Trek oh, well. fan. I need Ryan. Yeah. Where is Ryan? Actually, Ryan's... I don't uh, know. I was kind of surprised that he wasn't on this podcast, the, the first uh, Star Trek crossover. For yeah, Kayla I know. Lee. We should have got Kelly. Uh, yeah, Kelly would have been good, too. I don't know where she is, either. Yeah, Ryan would have been good. He's expecting a new nephew tonight, so he's a little Aww. distracted. Uh-huh. Yeah, good luck for that. I haven't, I haven't got a message saying he's arrived yet, so we're waiting. And, and uh, my message was last night that we were the baby was coming, so she's been in labor a, a good long time. We're way off course. Hermione is having this conversation with Paul, and she's going over the the downsides to this idea, all the detractors are likely to be, and things like that. And um, we talk about how it is going to be helpful for Harry and Luna, too, because they aren't trained as, and um, Luna brings up this idea of doing using the blood uh, so that the, the Vulcans who would most get um, in arms about adopting humans into clowns uh, can't say they're only anymore, they'd be hybrid. Right. And Harry wants to know if it's a day, this is the bit I love, because a few paragraphs ago they were talking about how you know, it's terribly painful, it feels like being per frozen at the same time, and then Luna says, oh, you know, it'll be painful. It'll be about the same as the Cruciatus Paris, and they're all like, oh, well, if that's all. If that's it, stop. no worries. Because, <laughs> you know, that's not that painful. It's only the torture curse. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> We're used to that. Hey, we've got to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. No. And so, Harry wants to know if it's possible, because Vulcans are aliens and not human, Hermione. You do know this, right? And Hermione's like, yeah, but I checked into it, and, and it would work. She Googled it. She did. <laughs> she really did. She just Googled it the Vulcan way. Yeah, um, the internet yeah. by then. You know, there's 
transfusions and nutritional potions that you have to take to fill in the gaps from the cross-species adoption. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, no thanks. Crucial and gaps in your system. No, don't think I want it. Thank you very much. I'll just go <laughs> home now. Fun. But the yeah. magic transfers, and, so that's all that they care about. Yeah, and, and Luna has seen as well, and she's worked out it. If the magical core is strong enough, basically do what they want with the, the uh, blending and the work. And then, so they think about. It's already decided that she likes this family and she wants to do that. And her and Hermione sort of what they want to do and just to go for it. He has never really had family that he could trust and depend until he sort of made it that way. And he wants he wants them to realize that if oh, I guess he does get adopted by a different family. It's not family. It's a it's a third other family and happens to be yeah, Wilson family with um, green eyes and chair, just not quite the same as his family, so that's interesting. They have green eyes. Green eyes and hair uh, with um, shines red under certain light. There's a little bit of redness in there. It's kind of the same general sort of as he has, so it'll be less to change. And to Quill, I know I'm butchering these names, and I apologize to our listeners. Um, yeah, we apologize to all fans, Star Trek fans, and Vulcan Society. Okay. They're gonna be, we're gonna get hate mail, but hey, somebody will comment, so that's good. Um, <laughs> they, uh, so. she, he says that, or she says that she had Earth friends, four Earth friends that have all died, but she's never forgotten what she learned from them, and so hmm. they're. Uh, she was in a show as well. I don't know. I haven't looked her up. <laughs> oh, that mossy hazel that turned brown. I thought you said that their eyes turned red. <laughs> no, it's the hair. It's black that shines red and it's white. Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know, Never mind. he's got the green eyes and red hair from his mother sort of thing. Well, I'm sure there's like red tints in that black. So we move on to chapter five, which is making choices and reaching out. Hermione has gone through the change. She's laying on her stomach on a cushioned camping pad, and she's looking at her PADD and reading through things, and he kind of thinks about what happened. Her skin is fair, but tinted green. I love it. And she now has green blood. Calculated out the whole thing and really gone into uh, her own genetics while it was happening and shifted everything around to be exactly the way they did it because uh, <laughs> she's worked out all the Vulcan anatomy and human anatomy and how hybrids are different, how it works best, and all of these things and has reworked itself. So she now has um, 88% of Vulcan DNA, not just a 50 50 thing. And her any children she has will be next percent Vulcan. Right. And the other two just sort of let it happen a little less um, a little less uh, precision. So yeah. are more human Vulcan, but um, the hybrid. Still pretty Vulcan. Still hybrid. Yeah. Harry doesn't have the knowledge to guide the energies and Luna doesn't have the power. Right. So, and Spock kind of wants to talk to her, but she's talking to Harry and he's, you know, being jealous again. Mm-hmm. And Spock oh, there's has, the great eye monster! Yes. Yay. 
Spock has decided that Harry will not win her, that he has first claim, Spock does. And so when Harry moves away, uh, Spock walks over and says, you are mine. Which Hermione doesn't take very well. No, um, not any girl would, I don't think. No, I don't think so. No. In most situations. <laughs> he just sort of walks up and says it. Uh, he wasn't actually intending anything. He just was kind of trying to uh, physically go over and stake his claim. He says that he says it after all, and uh, he says, "Uh, actually, no. Yeah. Um, you are walked away from me. Walk. <laughs> yeah, you walked away from me. So now it's you know I get to choose, and right now I'm saying no. And mm-hmm. Spock doesn't uh, quite know how to handle to this. Them a little bit. Mm-hmm. She what cares about you, but yeah. Yeah. That's a little too much too soon. You'd better, you know, try and uh, come a little bit to her before we rekindle our relationship. And he has a thought she'll apply to be part of her scientific team since that's where she spends most of her time. He'll be able to spend time with her that way. Yes. So he he gets to do that, and this uh, the team, the Vulcan on the team, and I'm not even gonna try this. I Keth. <laughs> I, can, I can say that much oh. of it. Keth Vryn yeah. um, is more open-minded than a lot of Vulcans, and so he's perfectly happy to have Spock on his team, and he knows that he's getting a really good person, so he's pretty excited about it. Yeah. Mm. And his sister has got... to a team between um, Spock and Luna, which is fun, and um, she once again sort of has to... Um, talk to a Vulcan about being a little more human about things. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to know what he's afraid of, and he says, I'm not afraid if being afraid would be illogical. Uh, not being afraid would be illogical. <laughs> you need fear for certain yeah. things. <clears throat> it makes you cautious and conservative. And she kind of tilts her head, and, and I can it's such a Luna move, you know, she tilts her head, and yeah. she just looks at him, and she's like, something's bothering you. I can just see it, you know. Yeah. And she, he keeps sort of sidestepping, saying, well, you know, it's about Starfleet and being on Earth, and, uh, well, it's not for me to do that. And, and he doesn't, she keeps saying what he's actually bothered about, and uh, she finally says, you have to figure out whether what, what you're disturbed about is worth the risk to the prize, and it's for mine worth it. Yeah. And then he gets up and walks away. Yeah. yeah. And, and Harry says, that was very mean of you. And she's like, really? In what way? <laughs> and Harry How, says, he doesn't deserve her. And Luna says, that may be true, but that's not your decision. And they need each other to be whole. And Harry says, okay, I'm not going to stop him, but I'm not going to make it easy for him. And if he hurts her, I'm going to kill him. And Luna says, well, he is going to hurt her first, but it's going to work out. So just hold your horses and let them deal with it themselves. And Harry kind of mutters mm-hmm. underneath his breath and says, all right, I guess. But she's my sister, dang it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing the uh, the Weasley male thing from most fanfics, <laughs> which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. If he's being wrong. <laughs> or, you know, one of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, she's my sister. So, 
decides he needs to go and talk to Hermione about things, or to Mia, as she is. He says, well, he doesn't actually say anything. He walks in, and she says, they've, yep, they've oh, you could probably go. Yeah. Yeah. It was expected. Mm-hmm. And, and not expecting this reaction from her. Now he's kind of worried. Does she want to go to Earth? Does she not care what's going on? And uh, so she has to explain herself a little. You know, it's nothing again, but you really do need to be on Earth. It's sort of where you would best help our planet at this point. Right. Um, and he's like, but I don't want to be away from you. And like, yeah, that's that's pretty big mm-hmm. for him to admit. Mm-hmm. Yes, she says and that. also that that phrasing is a small part of the uh, betrothal vow that Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Where are you going with this? Yeah. And, and they decide the best way to clear everything up is to just do a full meld and actually join their bond as they haven't since since she got to Vulcan, basically. Um, she, she let him into their dream base a little bit while they were kind of working things out to get to Vulcan, but since then, she's been uh, holding herself away, and they finally both act and try the melt thing, and we get an interesting sequence where they uh, experience each other's lives from the last time that they um, yeah. together. So. so he sees her at Hogwarts, well, he sees himself at Hogwarts, and she sees him being, you know, in the magic portal. Uh, what do you call those cube things that they? Oh, I don't know. In the, in the learning bowl. In the learning bowls, yeah. And he's it's hurt by the insults from the pure blood and prettier girls, and you know they just kind of have this flashback thing. Yeah. And then. And they realize how similar they still are, even with all the different things that they've gone through. Yeah. So many similarities as well. Mm-hmm. And they become one again, and they aren't actually planning to do anything particular, but um, as they're going through this, they end up giving, giving each other the way. And Wait, they're, Scott, they're officially- you cut out again. You cut out again. They ended up giving okay. each other the marriage vows, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's like they were one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A single thread connected them. It made me go aw. It did, and it then true. he kind of shifts and holds her face like if he was human, he would have kissed her. But instead, he rests his forehead against hers and brushes his nose. So they're Eskimos, actually. Not well, oh no, <laughs> I guess. And um, and then they kind of spend as much time as they can together before he has to go, because he has to leave really soon. Mm-hmm. And some of the things they do in that time make Harry very stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, I, I love this, because uh, he walks in to Luna, and he's like, did you know? Know what? You know? That they're having sex! Well, of course they're having sex. They're, they're trying to, you know, build up memories, because he has to go away. And Harry's like, what? They're having sex! <laughs> like, yeah, but he's part human and she was born human, so, uh, you know. It's okay. But she's like, but no, but it's, but it's our mighty. Wow, so weird. Mm-hmm. And she's had to drag him away to the supervisor's office because that's the only um, vaguely private space there is in there. He's uh, watching all this. Heart, <laughs> uh, who is it? Friends. There and, and Harry's like, "You don't have to give me the talk. I already got the lecture." 
Whoops. And she says, yeah, I caught them together. They were making out in the VSA change. <laughs> thought she was taking too long. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow, that's a little out of character. No, not really. There just isn't much privacy at the compound, and if they ever tried to do something in private, somebody would know what was going on, so they were trying to drive it here. So. Mm-hmm. And she knows. And Harry's like, well, why can't they wait? He has been holding him off all this time. What changed? And Luna says, well, they've bonded. They're, they've pretty much... They've done it, you know, they've tied the knot, and they are soul bonded at this point, so just leave them alone. <laughs> they need to bond so that when they're gone, they'll be more stable. Yeah. Don't worry, Harry, there's somebody out there for you, too. And Harry's just like, it's not what I mean. <laughs> I don't like the idea of it. It's not, I'm jealous, I'm just, I don't like the idea of it. Yeah. And Luna says that she's already met her her person. <laughs> we won't yeah. know who that is quite yet. She sort of glances over at Ren, and then, then Ren just sort of says, hmm, I wonder who that could be. I'm, yeah. Puts together a little who the two of them could have met that they all had in common. And, hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and I imagine that this is, you know, obvious boy being obvious. Oops. Just because it's in it, Ren, that she Oblivious. likes. Oblivious. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's him, but he doesn't realize oh, that's what yeah. he means by the little glance. Yeah. He didn't want to know if it was someone else. He didn't, he didn't want to ask. He didn't want to know if it's not him. Right. Mm-hmm. We jump to school. Yeah. Oh, this part, this part amused me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're going to call her a Uhura because I can say that one as well. And she is hot for Spock. Can I read the summary here at the top? Yeah, go ahead. This chapter? Uh, I had a capture the worst name, but Neota Uhura doesn't understand why the Vulcan professor isn't interested in her. Jim Kirk meets a, Vul- meets a Vulcan he thinks he can relate to. Hermione informs Spock of their progress. Sure. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But she can't figure out why he doesn't like her. Come on, isn't she awesome? She is awesome, and in the movies, he does like her, so that's a little change. It's just that he's kind of married this time, so, yeah. you know, it's a little bit different there. A little change, and, you know, he's he's a good boy. He's not going to cheat on Hermione because she'd find out and hex him. So, so bad. <laughs> yeah, so all her flirts aren't working. It's very annoying. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we have the green-skinned Orion cadet with the bright red curls. And uh, all I can see in my mind is Trisha. Dressed as her little Vulcan, or as her little Orion self, so that was fun. But, um, you know, she's like, Spock is perfect for me. He's half human, he'll kind of put up with me, and he's, he's just. They have all these intellectual interests, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, why would he go after you? She's like, because I'm not making it obvious chasing after him, like, so mm-hmm. obsessed female. That's so why she's playing it hard to get. Right. Sort of. And that's going to work, except for that he's not interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not at all. It might work if he's he didn't already have not being quite as subtle as she thinks she's being. No. <laughs> no. No, because when we, uh, you know, she's like, I'm going to go and, and change his mind. And then the next bit is Spock, and he's like, oh, here she comes. Oh, it's a her again. It's her again, and sh- I have to ignore her subtle attempts to get my attention. Because well, she's not being subtle at all. <laughs> at least we know it would have worked if uh, if Hermione wasn't around. Yeah. He might have been interested, but too late. Well, he was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I love that he has an internal clock. And yes. On, at eight precisely, he starts his class. 
I was a little bit confused. I didn't remember him teaching, but I didn't know if that was in the movie, and I just didn't remember it. Well, um, I don't think it was actually in the movie, but I think it's implied, because he's the one that does the... Um, oh, he does the testing stuff, right. Yeah. The Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Because he's already out of school. He's not just there for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that he would be utilized yeah. as a teacher in that instance. That makes sense. Especially if he's making the simulation. He'd have to be faculty somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he's uh, figured out a way to teach the class in, like, chunks so that he doesn't lose the uh, cadets who are human and <laughs> obviously not nearly as smart or have the attention span that they need. Yeah, they can't so, pay attention that long. <laughs> yeah. So he's got this useful little thing that he does. And then usually he has uh, a 15 minutes as word association games in the language that they're studying, and also he does a Q&A, because he's found that if he just tells people to come to his office, they won't come because they don't want to intrude on him. Yeah, even though that's mm-hmm. what the hours are for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he just moved his office hours to the half hour right after a class. Right. <laughs> Come talk to him in front of the, in the classroom instead of going to his office. Yeah. And it's interesting because these extra things that he's added are because of his relationship with Hermione and Harry and sort of figuring out I was what just humans to imagine. are like. Mm-hmm. I was trying to imagine his classes beforehand if it's just like four-hour lectures just sitting there with no questions and I'm like, oh, my head hurts just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. After ten minutes, they'd be glazed over and, and not, you know, zoned out. It'd be kind of like going to Bin's class. Especially with, like, I, I just picture Vulcans with a pretty monotone kind of voice. Not, like, totally monotone, but not very, very... Mm-hmm. There's not very much emotion in their delivery. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there are three students that sort of and uh, already know what they they would pick everything up, and the rest of us sit there going, I have no idea what this class is about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, snore. Yeah. Two more hours, I'll never make it. And he's answering questions, and then he feels Hermione. And it's like, okay, she's early, you can tell, because his internal clock knows. But he stands up and he says, okay, we're done, and if you have any more questions, send it to my email account. Well, it's mail account, but still, it's you know it is. Yeah. And um, class could be canceled on short notice, so check your accounts frequently because, yeah. I'd be going off with my fiancé slash girlfriend slash wife, whatever Hermione actually is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have Yuhura, who is sulking because she crashed and burned once again. And I love this, because she says, What is Spock made out of? Stone? And so now we know that Lady T is not made out of stone, and Spock is not either, so that's good to know. Well, she's not sure. Yeah. She thinks he might be. But we know better. Yes, we do know better. She knows she's attractive and desirable, so why is he avoiding her? (laughs) That's why. (laughs) And then we have Mr. Kirk join her. And yeah. he's flirting. When are you going to give me your name, Cadet Uhura? And, you know, <laughs> never. I'm not going to date you, farm boy. And he's like, oh, wound me. You know, James Kirk was good for a flirt. She needs to practice mm-hmm. with him a little before she goes back <laughs> to Spock because it's not working with Spock. <laughs> and yeah. so universe. <laughs> she doesn't want to be a notch in his belt, which she would be with James. Mm. Yeah. 
if if she shows interest in him, he'll dump her quicker than he's just that kind of guy. So, and then we have he actually already knows her. For, he's just trying to get her to tell him, mm-hmm. and he's not really sure why exactly, because um, she still treats him like just the annoying um, son of the big hero. So. It's like how her is going after Spock and it's doing nothing, and he's going after her and it's doing nothing. Right. Yeah, this triangle is not quite working. Nope. <laughs> and then we oh. have Hermione arrive on a hover bike, and I love this mental image of Hermione on a Harley. Oh, I know. A hovering Harley. A hovering Harley, yep. First green fake leather. Yeah. Okay. I love that there's a glossary for this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she parks in the VIP parking lot, and the security guard comes over and goes, uh, you can't park here. And she gives him her permit, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You may you may stay here as long as you like. Then he moves mm-hmm. everybody along. From the way she's written these few paragraphs, you can just, the whole movie pan the boots up to her head, and then she takes off and all of that. And Kirk's strangely drawn to her because she's not drop-dead gorgeous, but she's kind of intriguing to him, and the bike is very intriguing. So he walks over and talks to her because, you know, he's never one to pass up a girl, pretty or otherwise. <laughs> yeah. He's, he spots that she's a Vulcan, and um, this is even more interesting because he's never known a Vulcan who would wear a uh, pleather. Yes. Yeah, and ride a hover uh, bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she knows who he is. Yes, she does. And she knows that he is the son of George Samuel Kirk, but she doesn't say anything else. And he's like, uh, you're not going to say anything else? And she says, why? Should I praise you for something your father did? And he's like, wow. This one might be a keeper because she's not lumping me in like everybody else does. I'd just like to point out that this is the point where I realized that the summary about how the Kelvin and I didn't realize what the ships were called mm-hmm. this is why I didn't realize that it actually lined up with the movie because I hadn't seen it in so long. Right. But um, I didn't realize that the Kelvin was the ship that his dad was in when it, you know, right. ran into the Blue, time yeah. travers. Mm-hmm. So he's flirting mm-hmm. with Hermione. He is. Yeah. And, and this makes him think a little, hmm, maybe I should have checked out Vulcan sooner because they're too logical to do the whole hero worship thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he hasn't, he hasn't quite worked out what to say next. And then her eyes light up and uh, she runs over because uh, Spock is here. Yes. Well, not run, really. She's more graceful than that. But mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I love this. She says Spock and uh, Kirk's internal thinking is, wow, this is interesting. The, the Vulcan babe knows him. <laughs> Yes, she does. And I'm thinking it's a good thing Spock can't read your mind because he would deck you. But that's okay. And they go off together. And and I, as much as I enjoy the, you know, vision of Hermione on the bike, their vision of the two of them on the bike is just awesome. And, you know, they do this wild move that Kirk knows isn't really showing off because if they can actually pull it off, it means they're good enough to do it, and that's not showing off. That's just being good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So now we have Spock and motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. Taking him a little while to relax that, I think. But. Mm-hmm. but she touches him with her bare hand first, and James notices it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because he knows Spock can not really do that. Mm-hmm. 
And she tells him, that was James Kirk. And he says, yeah, I know. She says, well, how come you didn't talk to him? And he says, well, there's no real reason for me to start a rapport with him yet. When later, when, you know, because they've seen into the future and they know that they're going to be together on the okay. ship later. But right huh. now it doesn't make sense for him to seek him out. So he's just basically ignoring and she says, well, I suggest you keep an eye on him, and when it's time, make sure that he gets on the Enterprise with you and Captain Pike. Yeah, we need him. We need him, very much. We're going to have certain people on the ship here. And then uh, she takes him to the Vulcan Embassy, where she shows him the crystal battery and says, okay, we're going to do a test. I'm going to make this room disappear for a while, and we're going to do the f- Fidelius, and you're going to be the secret keeper. And I love this, because they set this up, and he sends a message that says, You need to find Hermione's lab. We're going to dinner. We'll be back in two, it's like two and three-quarter hours, so that's one heck of a meal. And, uh, of course, they do other things than just eat a meal, so I guess that's take up some time. But these poor people are scrambling around, and they can't find this anywhere. Pretty mm-hmm. guy gets this um, request, and he's like, hey, what, is this a joke? Go find the room? Sure, um... And then his coordinate um, comes back with her tricorder and her readings and such, and find it. The door's not there. The volume of space is no longer there. It's not like a cloaking door. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's, it's impossible. And, and then, fortunately, he comes back just as they're sort of themselves out. And uh, he wants to know if, the, if this can be up high a ship or a space station or something. Right. She says, yes, we can do that. And request a uh, wood pulp paper and an ink pen, so Spot can write down the secret keeper instructions. <laughs> yeah, because once he reads it, the door appears, and he's just like, "Whoa, how'd you do that?" <laughs> and I love Spock classified. Yeah, we can't uh, tell you the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says a lot in later chapters. It's classified. Yeah, classified. we can't tell you. We're not a Vulcan. And he, he says, you know, in a few hours, this is going to, the battery's basically going to wear out, and you need to go in and get the crystal, and then you need to get it back to us, and you need to treat it very carefully. And he says, well, why don't you just do it now? And Hermione says, well, setting the field up is easy, but taking it off will set off power surges, and we're not prepared to answer what those are. So it's better just to let the power source die out on its own. So his one subordinate is assigned to keep watch for it and go and get the door once it shows up. And, and Rihanna, who's the subordinate, is she's going to watch the door and then she'll bring the crystal. And after they leave, she says, they're bonded. And her boss says, there's no record of that. And she says, well, I don't care if there's a record or not. I can tell. They're bonded. Maybe they're keeping it secret for some reason. And then, and actually, they, they did not, uh, I guess lunch did last 2.56 hours or whatever it was. And now they're in their... They probably had to drive there and back, so... Mm -hmm. And she basically jumps him. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, Spock locks the door, and she bounds up and wraps her legs around his waist and one arm around his neck, and she says, I want you. It's been so long, and Spock's like, seven (laughs) months, four days, one hour, 20, and she just plants a big old snog on him. And then they meld and do other things. Wow, wow. Yeah. And she really would like to have stayed longer. Back on Logan. That is what I said. Longer. I figured. I got long out of it. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh 
probably have to get another uh, microphone again at some point. Something. Maybe Skype just doesn't like oh. having two Canadians on the line. I don't know what it is. Oh. Maybe it's because you're all the way over there, and then it's like, well, we're going to default to the Canadian ones over here. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's me. That doesn't actually make sense. Never mind. That works. So it doesn't like her fire. She tells him that they've um, hit a resource research outpost with 500 people and a warship and a moon with 15,000 people on it. So basically, the idea here is when the bad guys come and fire on the planet, they're just going to hide the planet. And it'll still be there, but they won't be able to see it, and it'll work. And I love this idea. This is so cool. I know. They're just going to do the Fidelius charm on the planet. But I think it's been a while since I read it, so mm. I shouldn't spoil yeah, it. No. But... You know, Take a serious amount of power to hide an entire... Yeah, they're going to have to really up these batteries. And I, I also think that they have to let the bad guys see the planet and then make it disappear so that they, they think that they've destroyed it. But I could be wrong because, like I said, I haven't read ahead. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I could be I making don't things I up. Not. It's very, very, very easy for me to be making things up. So there you go. I, I think they I'm not sure if that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, the bad guys do end up seeing the planet, but I don't know if that was part of the plan or if that was just when they managed to get the spell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they may have yeah. just been running late. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to have that suspense. Mm-hmm. So. I was going to say, because, you know, they, they got, it takes a while to power that much up, but yeah, yeah. it's probably just the suspense. Yeah, both of them. Some of both. So basically, and this is sort they're of... They're going to use the... The Vulcan's natural ley lines to power everything and set up the um, the various priestesses from the, who are on Vulcan to sort of help because they have some um, psychic talent a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the three of them are going to be the ones doing the major powering of the spell. And uh, yeah, when the Narada comes hunting, they're just going to hide the planet. <clears throat> Yeah, and they're also evacuating as many people as they can. Um, yeah, just in case discreetly sending them off so that if the worst happens, they'll still have more people left than they would have. So. Yeah, and she says, you know, Sarek's going to stay, but we've convinced your mother to go. And yeah. he says that is a relief. And she says, I know, but I'm going to have to stay because mm-hmm. I have to be able to do this thing. So. Yeah. And then she kisses him again, and it says, It was not a Vulcan kiss, but Spock, but Spock did not feel any desire to complain. Yeah. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> and then we jump back to Uhura, who's grumbling as she goes into her dorm room. And she has intercepted a Klingon transmission that uh, there was a something being destroyed by the Romulus, but the shift... Supervisor didn't take it seriously, and so she tried to take it to Spock to get him to translate it, and he wasn't there. And the Orion girl says, well, maybe he's on a date. Yuhura's like, yeah, don't be silly. He wouldn't <laughs> be on a date. Yeah, she he wouldn't stand for foxes for a thing like that. Yeah. And she says, well, I know he had a female visitor. And mm-hmm. she, you know, and the Orion girl, is it Galia? 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 Maybe? Something like that, yeah. She She's like, why are you trying to distract me? You've got a man. And it's totally this, this scene right out of the movie where Kirk's under the bed and has to grab his clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, run out. He's, you know, she's punching at him and stuff. And at the very, at the door, he's like, you know, she's right. 
I did meet the woman that his girlfriend, and she rides a hover bike and wharf. It's, it's so Big my leather. text reader said, called it feathers. I thought that was really weird. She no, it's leather. Feathers. It's the yeah, it's the yeah, fake it's leather. Full leather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's what Ryan would call pleather mm-hmm. that he puts. That would be yeah. an interesting um, idea too. Uh, wearing feathers. I, I, I don't think it would go well. No, probably not. <laughs> yeah. And his parting words to her is, "He touched her bare fingers in public." And uh, her is like, tell me he's lying. And she says, I don't know, but I've been hearing this around, so it's probably true. And Yuhura just can't give up. He doesn't have a girlfriend. It's just Kurt trying to rile me up. You know, Do you mm-hmm. know that he, he's taking the Kobayashi Maru test for a third time tomorrow? And Yuhura says, I'm going to be his calm officer, but I'm just there for the tr- practice and to gloat when he fails. But he Unfortunately, fail. he doesn't fail. And that, but he doesn't fail. Is the end of this set of chapters. It is. Yeah, it's only eleven o'clock. Hey, it's not too bad. What happens over there? There's three more chapters to go. Eight Pretty much and nine the entire seven. climax of the story is in those three chapters. Yep. About that. So you will have to come back next time to find out all the great big things that happen. Yep. To and find out if we actually exciting. hide the planet and save the world. Either way, mm-hmm. there's lots of excitement. Yep. Yeah. There is, there is. There are not a lot of really comments fun in this story, which is of, kind of sad. I this might be a repost, mm-hmm. so they might have like people comment other places. That's or true. I know there are lots of people who comment on like the master list post and uh, commenting on the happen. Right. Here's a, a teaser for next week. This is the summer summary for next week. The disciplinary hearing of Cadet James T. Kirk does not go as the Admiralty expect. Neither does the rescue mission to Vulcan. The Enterprise crew witnessed something never seen before. The results, the result of years of research and effort, a miracle born from blending my, magic and science. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. The same bat channel. Yep. Hopefully we'll have this out soon for you, and you can find out what's going to happen. And if you don't want to wait, you can always read ahead. Mm-hmm. So. They, there are only three chapters left. They are probably the three because there's so much happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do not want to start reading them at 9 o'clock at night because you will not get to bed, as I know from personal experience last night. <laughs> but. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I guess it up till 3 in the morning reading, so... Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's good. It's and it, kept, it captures your attention, and you want to know what's going to happen next. Yep. I know that it when does. this ended today, I was like, "No!" <laughs> but since I was down in the barn, I didn't have a whole lot of choice but to switch to something else to listen to. Mm-hmm. Lucky for and me, yeah. Uh, my as I think I said last time, it was. I don't think I would have voluntarily gone looking for Hermione Spock It's not something I would have you know, really well written and thought. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really well thought out. I mean, the whole concept of what they're doing, it, it makes sense. And it's something that, if all things were true, would work. So it's really mm-hmm. kind of fun to read that way because you can think about it and go, yeah, this I can really see this happening. And yeah. there's enough movie canon thrown in to make it seem really real, 
which is cute. especially having them be the ones that are like, so we want this to be, because they're really entertaining. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, it would be more fun if we did this. And then it's not just like, magically somehow Hermione gets there. It's the cue who could do this kind of thing. Right. Put her there. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting how they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I think it's really well thought out and that it's well written. There's um, not any mistakes. I think maybe I heard a he where there should have been a she at one point because the text reader picks those up. But for the most part... Um, after the last fic we read that was all errors, this has been a really nice change. So, and yeah, I just think it's a really fun idea. And I'm, I, I don't remember how I found this, but I'm really glad I did. That I was I'm able to put on the podcast and get other people to read it because it's just, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to read the other ones you wrote after this, too. Yeah, I, think. I know. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm going to have to go hunting. Yeah, so. that one you get to blame the queue as well. Apparently, her third one she picked a different way of uh, getting. And how did you? That one yet. I just how... um, I clicked on the main thing for this journal, uh-huh. uh, and I thought this fix up because it said cross in the header, but it's a different one mm-hmm. that's posted later, and uh, it's a uh, it's a way of connecting them. They don't be uh, they don't grow up. It's uh, Hermione from just after the final battle, just getting, because otherwise she was going to mess up the eugenic wars and cause all sorts of problems, so she would just get right in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and she just spent um, a good decade or two um, on Earth on her own before Spock ever runs into her. But the various manipulations by the healers, again, um, Spock's family has been looking for this girl for a long time because uh showed up to Tapao at one point for a painting ah. that I mean, this girl is going to be and uh, so kind of cool. yeah so this one's apparently called Q's Gift mm-hmm. interesting and, and it's uh, for the Star Trek Big Big Bang either fest or contest or something like that yeah the one that we're reading right now that one um, was for that as well it mentioned in the notes yeah takes a quite different approach to things and what Hermione's skills are and things. And I kind of think I like this one a little bit better, actually, but the, the new one is fun as well. Cool. There we go. Yep. Go out and read, people. Go out and read. It's always a good thing to do. Yep, reading is awesome. It is. <laughs> I'm old. My, my brain says reading. It's fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's, an old commercial. <laughs> I don't remember the commercial, I, 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 but that is a nice phrase. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be a legend. When I grow up, I want to be amazing. When I grow up, I want to be a success story. Research shows that the more children read, the more success they have in school and life. Without books, that success is virtually impossible. Well, anybody else have anything they want to say? I'm looking forward to the next podcast. All right. Me too. We'll finish it out. Yep. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.